Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. There are notes in your bulletin. You can also, if you're at home watching on your TV, you can also use your phone. If you have downloaded the church app, there are notes that you can take on your phone under connections, and you'll see sermon notes there. Three weeks ago, we kicked off our vision series And we wanted to clarify, we wanted you to be able to look at our vision, and I know those of you at home don't know what I'm pointing to, but I'm pointing to uh, the big banner on the wall uh, with our vision statement there. We wanted you to be able to look at it and know exactly why Eastern Assembly exists. And uh, for those of you watching at home, you can't look at the wall, but all you gotta do is look at my shirt, even if it's backwards, I think you can figure it out. So the first thing we wanna do is we wanna reach people with the good news about Jesus. Go on. How many of you believe everybody needs Jesus? Yeah, you know, mankind can do a lot of things. They can send rockets to the moon, invent all kinds of things. But one thing mankind cannot do is save themselves. You, you cannot pay the price for your own sin. I mean, you will pay the price in the end, but you can't redeem yourself. That's where Jesus comes in. Come on, somebody. How many of you are grateful for the price that he paid so that your sins can be forgiven? Amen? And those of you who are in here today, you just need to say amen twice as loud as you normally do for those who are missing, because I can't hear the ones at home. Uh, Later, I'll see their comments, but not right at this moment. And we have the joy, once we've experienced his salvation, of sharing the good news story with other people and reaching them. Come on. Saving people is God's job. Reaching them with the good news is, say, our job. Our job. Amen. Amen and amen. And uh, just some great testimonies over the last couple of weeks of people who've uh, come to know the Lord, even in spite of uh, the uptick in in corona cases um, around the U.S., people are still coming to Jesus, and they're coming right here at Eastern Assembly. I love what 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says. It says, I planted Apollos water. Sometimes we're planting seeds. Sometimes we're watering. But in the end... Who gives the increase? Yeah, God gives the increase. Secondly, once you receive Christ, then you need to be restored. And this involves growing and healing. We're going to get into that today. 2 Peter 3.18, which actually would be a great text for the message we're going to get to in a minute, says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And as you are growing and healing... We believe that God will put in you a desire. You'll see the world differently, less of yourself, more of others, and you will want to. The third part of our vision involves, say, serve. Serve. I like Galatians 5.13. It says it this way. You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. In other words, Jesus didn't set you free from sin to be free to sin. You hear what I said? He set you free to serve one another in love. And as my good wife said a few minutes ago, I believe that people who serve for the right reason, not not to be noticed, but for the glory of God, they're just extra blessed people, right? The Bible even says that. In Acts 20, 35, it says it's more blessed to give than to receive. So if you are a giver, a server, You're more blessed. Now, isn't it interesting that uh, if I said this morning, how many of you want to be more blessed? 
Everybody should raise their hand, right? You want to be more blessed, all right? And, uh, you know, they're looking for some secret. Well, the, it's really just simple. Just, just be a giver in some way. Get involved and give out, and God will pour in. And, by the way, we had a great response last week for sign-ups for our media team and connections team. And like I said last week, um, our server base has really been thrown awry by the coronavirus because some folk aren't back with us yet who were involved. And so we're just basically saying if you're here you are uh, those we need right now to help function. There are signups out there even today. So let's talk about the word restore, and let's talk about growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. First question, why do you need to grow? If you're in here, say, why, Pastor? If you're online, type, why, Pastor? Okay, so when you got saved, just think about this with me. When you got saved, Jesus moved in. More theologically, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you. He now lives in there. There's a deposit in your spirit man, right? A glorious deposit, okay? That happens the moment you get saved. But what doesn't happen is an immediate understanding of what just moved in or who just moved in, more correctly. You understand? He is there in all of his fullness, but you need to grow in your understanding of what you received. Who lives there and how you ought to live in light of who lives there now? Come on, you have to grow into that. You must grow in that knowledge. How many of you understand that? In other words, you, you entered a brand new relationship with the God of the universe. But now he knows you, even the hairs of your head numbered. But what do you know about him? You have to grow into that, okay? What, what if you don't grow? You need to grow because there is so much more to know of Jesus than you now know. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, what if you don't grow? All right, let me, let me give you this illustration. I think you'll understand. All right, let's say there are two people that attend Easter Sunday. We're gonna call them Jack and Jill just because that's what came to me when I was thinking about it, right? Jack and Jill. And Jack and Jill both kind of have feelings for one another, but haven't yet been expressed. So one day Jack gets the courage and he says to Jill, Jill, I, I just look across the room and I can't hardly stand it. You're so beautiful, so wonderful. I see you over there praising. Would you, would you consider entering into a relationship with me? And Jill, Jill can't say yes fast enough, all right? So, so they're now dating. What's gonna happen in their relationship, even though they've committed to this relationship, if they only talk, let's just say once a month, and even they come to church, and Jack sits over here, and Jill sits over there, just like it always used to be, and they kind of look across, and there's, but, but they're not really getting to know each other. Where is that relationship going? Yeah, it is going absolutely nowhere, all right? And uh, that's what's going to happen if you don't grow in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you're not going to go, it's not going to go anywhere. If you don't grow your relationship with Jesus you go nowhere. Come on, somebody, listen. How many of you would agree with me that the greatest deposit you're ever going to receive is the deposit of Jesus Christ into your life? Come on, it's better than the person who won the $1 billion lottery. Because that's gonna cause problems to them in the end. But the deposit of Jesus is a priceless possession. So the deposit is there. What are you gonna do with it? Are you, are you gonna grow in your understanding? Matter of fact, the parable of the sower tells us what happens if you don't grow. It says this. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places 
is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Can we compare that to somebody who wandered into a service at the end of service, or wandered into a service at Easter Assembly, hear the word of God preached, they feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and they joyfully respond. I need Jesus. So, so they pray sincerely to receive Jesus, so they receive the posit. But now notice. But since they have no root, it only lasts a short time. Now think about it. If you got this plant and you, you, wanna, you want those roots to grow deep, what has to happen to that plant? Say, say it has to be nourished. Yeah, it's got to rain. It's got to, it's got to get whatever little roots it has. It has to get nourishment out of the soil or it's not going anywhere. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Our desire as a church is not to have people be reached and never grow because the enemy will seek to steal that seed or that deposit. Will he not? Yeah, our heart would be that you grow. And listen, if you are sitting here at Eastern Assembly today or you are listening online and at some point you know that you opened that door but you haven't taken seriously growing, I pray today would be the day that your eyes would be open and you would realize that you bear some responsibility to growing that seed. And God will help you. Amen? Amen and amen. Amen. So, second question. How do you grow? And I know this, this is basic stuff, but we need to be reminded of basic stuff because our tendency is always to to kind of fall back and, and, and get off track, and Jesus wants to help us. So how do you grow? Well, when I got saved at 18 years of age, I grew quickly as a Christian. Matter of fact, I remember talking to a very mature Christian a, a year after I got saved that didn't know we were, we were talking about the goodness of the Lord. When I told him I don't even saved a year, he's like, there's no way. So I, I want to just share this morning the things that I did as a new Christian that helped me to grow, just three simple things, all right? Would you be willing to receive it? Say yes if you're here. Type yes if you're online. All right, here's the things that I did as a new Christian some 40 years ago that helped me not just to grow, but to grow quickly. Number one, I, 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 going to church became a priority. I mean, I felt like that if I would sit under somebody who was further along than me, they could help me to grow. You understand? I was a brand new believer, and there was a pastor who'd been serving the Lord for a long time. Not only did I listen, but I attempted to put into practice what I heard. And I grew. I went to Sunday school. I went Sunday mornings. I went Sunday nights, and here was my thinking. My thinking was this. Look, if I could go to that church and get saved on my first visit, which I did, what might start happening if I actually hung around that place? Maybe I'd grow. Come on, somebody. That's why Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Can I tell you why some people come to church? Why? They come to church thinking that going to church is like a good luck charm with God. If I go to church, things will go better than if I don't go to church. And the problem with that is, when you're going to church and things go wrong, then you say, well, this isn't working. 
Come on, you don't go to, going to church is not a good luck charm. You come to church to grow, and as you grow in your knowledge of who God is, you'll cling to him even when the hard times come because you're growing in your understanding of his goodness, his faithfulness, and his grace. Can somebody in the house say amen or type it, all right? Please come to church because you want to draw closer to Jesus. That's a good reason to come. The second thing I did to help me grow quickly as a believer is I had personal devotions. I remember like yesterday having, uh, having homework and saying, ah, the homework can wait. I want to read my Bible. And I would lay on my bed and I had a King James Version, a Thompson Chain Reference Bible, and I had a Living Bible and I would read the King James and if I didn't understand, I'd compare it in the Living. And I mean, I devoured the Word of God. Come on, how many of you know this book tells you everything you need to know about how to have an intimate relationship and who God is, and if you'll devour it, you'll grow? Yeah, second thing I did is I'd go down to my basement, still remember this like yesterday, to our old gray couch that had once been in our living room but had been replaced, and so it was put down in the basement with a lot of other furniture for when relatives came over, and I would kneel down, and I don't even know where I got this idea, if I had heard a teaching on it or if the Lord just helped me, but I had a notebook. It was my, my prayer journal. And I would open the first page, and it would say praise. So you know what I'd do when I open the first page? Yeah, I'd praise. Jesus, thank you for this day. You're good. I glorify you. When I was done, I'd turn the second page. And the second page says confession. And I had a verse there. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. So you know what I'd do when I open the second page? Yeah, I'd say, Lord, anything I've done that hasn't pleasing to you, would you bring it to my remembrance and please cover me with your blood? Lord, I have a heart to do what's right. Finish that page, turn to the next page. It said, pray for others. Guess what I'd do on that page? Yeah, actually, on the next page, I had a whole list of people I was praying for. Sometimes I'd go name by name. Some days I'd lay my hand on them and say, Lord, bless them all. But how many know prayer doesn't always have to be the same? Some days you spend more time praising, less time asking. Sometimes you spend more time asking. Some days you spend more time listening. Then I'd turn to the next page, pray for myself. I'm like, this, that page, this one needs prayer here. That's me. Then I had the next page that said, listen, guess what I'd do when I returned that page? Yeah, I just, God, anything you want to say to me today? God, help me to be quiet before you. Learn to wait on God. Then the last page said, thanks. Turn that page, say, Lord, thanks for hearing me today. Come on, somebody. And so, so I spent time with God. Your personal devotions, it's very simple, consist of time in the word and in prayer. Pastor, I'm not sure I have time. I'm just so busy. All right, I have, I have a challenge for you, especially if you're under 30, all right? If you don't think you have time, if your phone uh, tells you how much time you spend on it, just take a look at that and then tell me you don't have time because now you'll know where your time's going. Now, I myself use my phone to have my Bible reading time. It's right there. I can read anywhere I am. I can go to the, to the Bible app and it, it, wherever I left off, I can, I, can have, I can keep on reading where I'm reading, noontime, you know what I'm saying? I, I love that ability on my phone. I'm never without a Bible, all right? So, so that screen time is good screen time. Some of the other stuff may be too much, all right? So, so have if you want to grow, you, you have to eat well spiritually. One of the things that has happened during the pandemic It's kind of shown people who know how to feed on their own and those who were totally reliant on the church for their feed. 
because when church kind of got thrown uh, into disarray because of COVID and we were only online, those who were relying on being here in the atmosphere, they struggled. But those folk who understood, yeah, church is an important part of my feeding, but it's not all of my feeding. Any more than having a good meal on Sunday will take you through the entire week. Come on, somebody. If you have to grow, you have to know how to eat spiritually well. God will help you. Can you say amen? And the last thing I did that helped me to grow quickly as a new believer is I got involved. I was not a spectator. I became a participant. Now, unlike going to a football game where you are watching a few select people play on the field, that is not a good representation of Christianity. Christianity, the Bible says we are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. That tells me we're all participates. Come on, somebody. I got involved in youth group. Me and a friend started a, a, a Christian club at Penn State, York. And I found out that, that, you know, as I began to give away, God would give me more. But if I just held on to it, it just didn't work the same. Come on, somebody. Now, listen. It is important that you understand that you need to take responsibility for your spiritual growth. God is not going to pick you up sit you in a chair and say, now read your Bible. This is God. Now, you may feel a nudging of the Spirit to do that, but ultimately, you have to respond. Your spiritual growth is your responsibility. How many of you know thinking, of, sitting around and thinking, having good intentions about going to the gym is not gonna get you in shape? Come on, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. And you know what the Bible says about that? It says physical growth benefits a little, but spiritual growth is beneficial in all things. Come on, somebody. The same discipline that it takes to go to the gym or walk every morning is the same discipline you can use to grow spiritually. Amen? Because, see, if you don't know how to get a hold of God now, right now, don't think you're going to know when the disaster hits. Come on. Now is the time to grow. Because if you'll grow now, look, you will know that you know that you know that he's going to be there no matter what you're going through. You're going to know that you know that you know that he's hearing your cry even if it seems like it's dark all around you. You're going to know that you know that you know that God is going to give you what you need in that moment to get through what you're going through. Come on, somebody. This I'm assured of. If you want to grow and you do the things that will cause someone to grow, you will grow. Think of this first. Draw near to God. Somebody finish that. And he will draw near to you. How about this one? Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Amen? I want you to watch with me, those of you who are in here, those of you online, we have a video we want to show you of some, someone else who I remember about 10 years ago when they came among us, grew very quickly, and we have their story, and let's watch it together.
Hi, my name is Casey Jones. I've been coming to East in about 12 years now. So before I came to Eastern, I was pretty much a new Christian. I was looking for a church, church hopping. Eastern was the third church that I had gone to in less than three weeks. And something drew me and kept me at Eastern that wasn't at the other churches. And I've been here ever since. At the time, my commitment to the Bible or, or God was pretty much nil. I had read the entire Bible, and I had some Bible studies under my belt while I was incarcerated, but my understanding and knowledge of God was pretty much limited to at that time. The Bible says that by this, you, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Being a disciple means walking in a restored relationship with God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It means loving others as Jesus loved you, living as Jesus lived, and abiding in his word, and making disciples. from a new believer to becoming an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, this church has encouraged me every step of the way. This church has provided opportunities to go to Bible school, international and national missions. This church has also mentored and guided me throughout this whole process. Thank you, Eastern, for helping me to grow. on, if you want to grow, you can grow. How many of you found that to be true? Times when you pressed in and you got serious, you found yourself growing. And times when you, when you were idle, perhaps in your commitment to come to the house of God, in your personal devotions, you, you found yourself struggling. Is that true? Yeah, sure it is true. Lastly, number three, let's talk about some areas to grow in. How about this? How about growing and I'm stuck if you can help me up there, Scott. I can't get to the next slide if you could help me just go on. How about growing in your understanding of who God is? Can I ask you something? Do you know all there is to know about who God is? You know, you know what I believe personally? I believe that part of the joy of heaven will be still, even though God is going to give us a full mind to comprehend and store knowledge God is, we're going to continue for all eternity to continue to grow in our understanding of the greatness of God. Come on, somebody. Come on. There, there is so much more to know than what you know. What, what do you know of the love of God? Paul says it surpasses knowledge. What do you know of God's grace? Come on. He's so gracious and so forgiving. What do you know of his holiness? that just melts your heart and says, God, I want to live right before you. What do you know of God's father heart that just takes joy in his children? Come on. I love the prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. He said this, my response is to get down on my knees before the father, this magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. 
I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that God would live in you as you open the door to invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly in love, you'll be able to take in with all the followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. What's Paul praying? God, open their understanding. Help them to grow. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depth. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. How are you going to live in the fullness of God if you're not growing in your understanding of that fullness? Come on. Somebody say grow. So we need to grow in our understanding of of who Jesus is. Secondly, we need to grow in our understanding of his will. Anybody in the house or anybody listening have a desire to be in the very center of God's will? Sure, but how do you know what God's will is apart from his word that unfolds what God loves and what he doesn't love? Right, his, his will can be found in his word. He wants you to be at the very center of, of his will. You know, James, in the book of James, called out some Christian businessmen. And they were, they were together. I can picture them in the lobby after church. And they're like, uh, how can we earn some more money, guys? Well, we'll go over here and sell, and we'll go over there and sell. And when James heard about it, this is what he said to them. Now, listen. You who say today or tomorrow will go do this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. So Paul wasn't opposed to them being Christian businessmen. He's just saying, shouldn't you seek what the will of God is for the gift of business that God has given to you? Come on, somebody. You know, the problem with a lot of Christians in today's world is is, is they, they make this statement. Well, you know, God understands where I'm at. God understands why I don't have any time to have devotions. God understands why I continue to live in this sinful situation. You know what that is? Say what, church? That's victim mentality. Nobody can help me. Come on, somebody. Listen, please understand. You cannot play the victim with God. Because whatever you purpose to do that will draw you closer, God's going to help you. You're not in this alone. Come on, somebody. But having a pity party is never the answer. 1 Peter 4.2 says this. As a result, he does not live the rest of his life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Heard a story this week. I was reminded, I was listening to a, to a podcast this week and actually a prayer time um, with a son and his dad. And the dad was Thomas Trask. And I, I worked for him as a youth pastor in the Detroit area. And as he was talking to his son, Brad, who's also a dear friend of mine, uh, about the story, it, I had to smile because I was there and saw this. And here's the story he was telling. Um, so Pastor Trask was the pastor of Brightmore Tabernacle, a great church in the Detroit area. I was a youth pastor. And district council was coming. That's when all the ministers in a district get together and, and, and talk about business. In this case, they would be voting on a brand new superintendent to oversee all the churches in the Michigan district. And word was out that most, most pastors were in favor of Pastor Trask becoming the district superintendent. It was circulating that he would make. He pastored a great church. He was a brilliant man. 
And, and Pastor Trask knew this. So he said to his wife, I need to get away and find out what the will of God is because even, even if they were to elect me as superintendent, if that's not God's will, I'm gonna decline. So he got alone with God and he really felt this is what the Lord told him. The Lord told him that if he's nominated or if he is elected on the nominating ballot, he should say yes. And if he is not, he should say no. Okay, now it's very rare that someone be, would be elected on the nominating ballot because people put in all kinds of names on the nominating ballot. Okay, so the nominating ballot came and Brother Trask, out of hundreds and hundreds of votes, was 17 short in being elected on the nominating ballot. You know what he said? He said no. Somebody shouted out, you can't say no. <laughs> he said, oh yes, I can. And, and, and there was, there was quite, a, quite a disturbance of people thinking, who is this guy? So he declined, someone else was elected superintendent. Would you believe, six weeks later, he got a call from the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God and said, would you allow your name to run for general treasurer of the Assemblies of God? And guess what? Yeah, he was elected to general treasurer. From there, he went on to become the general superintendent of the entire Assemblies of God nationwide. But what would have happened if pride would have stood in the way and says, well, I'll just take this vote. It's not that being a superintendent is a bad thing, but he would have missed out on what God really wanted for him. Come on, it's important that you walk in the will of God. It's important that you have a heart for the will of God. And as you are open to God's will as revealed in his word, then God can begin to, on a, on a daily basis, lead you and guide you and surprise you when you realize that, that, that you're in the grocery store and a conversation erupts and you're like, God, you set me up. This is awesome. What you wanted for me today. That's what happens as you grow in the will of God. Come on. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 17, the world and its desires pass away, but the man of God who does the will of God lives forever. Come on. Amen. Last area you need to grow in and many others, but the ones I'm going to mention today is grow in loving others. How many of you ever struggle with your fleshly nature when it comes to loving others? Three hands I see in here. Come on, somebody. Raise them a little higher so I know you're, okay. Yeah, yeah. People agitate you. You disagree with people. And in today's very divided culture, man, it's just easy to get stuff inside of you that Jesus doesn't want you. But as you grow in your understanding of how patient God has been with you, how loving that he is, it melts your hearts. And you're able to say, God, would you help me to treat others like you've treated me? Come on, somebody. How many know if you allow the hate of this culture to get in your heart? It's going to affect your walk with God. How many know if you allow, if you talk more about politics than you do Jesus, it, it, it's, going to, it's going to get you sidetracked, amen? If you think because someone has a different point of view, you can't love them, you, you don't know much about God. Thank God he still loved you, even when you were far from him. John said it this way, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother, help me church, is still... Whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he's going because this darkness has blinded him. Listen, the spirit of this age is pressing in on all of us 
It's strong and it's heavy. What's the answer to overcoming the, the force of the spirit of this age? Somebody say grow. Yeah, you're going to keep growing with your eyes on Jesus. You're going to walk in the armor of God and you're going to be okay. Come on, somebody. You're going to grow to stay clear of the spirit of this age. It's simple. Keep growing. Somebody say keep growing. Yeah, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. One of the things that helps me, church, and we're, we're almost done, things that helps me, who am I that God got a hold of my life? Who am I that God honored me with his salvation? Come on, stick with me, right? When, when I realized that, who was I that God, I was lost, I was in sin, and yet God honored me by allowing me when I cried out to him to be saved. Who am I to dishonor someone else when God honored me when I was in such a lost state? You know, we can get proud as Christians sometimes. Well, I'm a child of God. Who are you? Well, they are what you once were. Are you listening? Don't, don't forget about what he's done in your life. Keep growing in your understanding of who he is. Well, pastor... I treat people just like they treat me. Uh, that's not Bible, friend. Come on, somebody. That's not Bible, all right? Uh, Jesus says, treat people as Jesus has treated you. I love 1 Corinthians 13. It says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And can I say the only way someone can walk in that degree of love is to have grown in that degree of love in Jesus Christ, where that kind of fruit is now flowing out of their life. Can you say amen? Come on, anybody besides me that understands you never arrive like, okay, I think I know all there is to know. I'm fully mature. I can just sit in my lazy boy and just coast into heaven. Somebody say never. Friend, as long as you're on this side, there's room to keep growing. I just remembered, and I'll close with this. I had a dear lady when I was a senior pastor, the first church that I pastored in Grand Ledge, Michigan, had a lady that uh, wasn't able to come to church. She was quite feeble. And unlike today, when you could listen, I would, I would bring her a, a, a CD or a tape or whatever we were doing back then of, of services. And she'd always, oh, and she, she, had, she had this like, I can just remember, oh, Pastor Ed, oh, come in and sit down for a little. That's how she talked, you know? And she'd say, Pastor, and she was in her 80s, I want to share with you what the Lord showed me this morning. It was so good. And Sister Bigelow reminded me that no matter how old you are, no matter how, to, how long you've been serving Jesus, you can still keep growing. Come on, somebody. Come on. And she'd take me to some scripture, and she says, Pastor, the Lord showed me this today. Oh, how blessed I am. 
And I remember sitting there, oh God, help me. Never to lose the joy of continuing to grow. Come on, would you bow your head in the house of God? Would you, if you're listening in your house, would you, would you just hold on just for a few moments before you turn off your TV or go somewhere else on your device? Because this is, this is the most important moment. Are you growing? And if not, why not? Do, do you take responsibility for your own growth? It's one thing to look at somebody else and say, man, they're growing. You ever ask them how they're growing? How did you grow like that? I told you how I grew. They'd probably say much of the same thing. It's really not a secret. Get around some people who are further along than you. Make sure you're taking time to, for daily devotions in the word and prayer. Get involved and you will grow. Lord, I pray for those who are in the house of God today, those who are listening at home. God, that you'd remind us today of our need to grow. That it wouldn't be a drudgery or, oh no, the pastor's telling me I need to grow, so I guess I ought to do something. But Lord, it would be the greatest joy to understand the privilege that is ours to come to a greater understanding of who this God is who now lives in us. The riches of his grace, the, the glory of his majesty, the depths of his love. Lord, let us be in awe. Just like it's possible in marriage, even over 50 or 60 years, to continue to grow in appreciation of your spouse. How much more to grow in appreciation of the perfect God in whom we're relationship with. Lord, I pray for someone today that might be listening and they need to take the first step and enter into relationship with you. Would today be the day when they open the door of their heart and with sincerity say, Jesus, come in and forgive me. And I pray, Father, you'd use this message to remind us all of the responsibility that we have and the joy to keep growing and growing and growing. And as we grow, Lord, let this world lose its appeal and let our eyes be on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you for it, Lord. Now I'm going to invite you to do something, those of you who are in the sanctuary. Just a moment, Wayne's going to play a song. And whether, whether you stay in your seat or whether you get out of your seat and come to the altar, can we just take a few minutes to just, just reflect on what the Lord has spoken and give him a chance to speak to us before we go on our way? It's snowing now. It's going to be snowing in 15 minutes. Come on, somebody. So, so, so let God just speak to you this morning.